Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 47. We're here to talk about the young and the fearless. And today we have a special guest, Jonathan Armstrong. He's the executive pastor of Tucson Baptist Church in Tucson, Arizona. For the past six years, Jonathan and his wife, Janessa, have served together at their church. I love it when God calls a young man into ministry, and I think it's so amazing to watch uh, young men grow and be used of God in tremendous ways. I mean, Tucson Baptist Church is a tremendous, tremendous church, and uh, I think uh, you're going to have a great opportunity uh, in meeting this young family and uh, learning some things, some practical things about pastoring and reaching out and touching people's life with a young family and as a young man. The Bible says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer. And that's what we're going to talk about today with Jonathan Armstrong. Well, Jonathan, it is so good to have you. I'm looking forward to talking to you and your wife uh, in another podcast, but today I just have you with us, and we are so glad that you are here. You have been in ministry for how long? I've been in ministry now for six years, full-time vocationally, but growing up in a pastor's home, I've kind of been in ministry for my whole life almost. Yeah, my, my son Matt says to me all the time, I say, when did you start ministry? He said, Dad, I started ministry 41 years ago when I was born. Yeah. You know, And that's true. When you grow up in ministry, that is sort of the mindset. So uh, uh, how old are you? I'm 27 years old. You're 27 years old. Yes, so sir. you went... Uh, to Bible college, where did you go to? Where did you go to college? I had the privilege of going to West Coast Baptist College, and uh, and it was a wonderful experience, wonderful education there. Yeah, great, great uh, pastor, great ministry, great yes, examples of ministry. Uh, so thankful for that. And so, uh, you, and did you grow up in Tucson, Arizona? So we have a kind of unique story. My dad was in the business world up until when I was five years old, and during that time, we moved all over the United States, and he worked for a shipping company. And then when I was five, he uh, took a church in Anderson, South Carolina, and I kind of grew up there for a majority of my life. And then the last <clears throat> 12 years, we've been in Tucson, Arizona, and he's been a pastor there in, in Arizona. So he just assumed that pastorate 12 years ago. Yes, sir. That's correct. Okay, wonderful. Well, I've known your father for some time, just meeting him at different meetings and being with him on similar uh, boards. Uh, uh, and uh, so... Uh, I've known him, but I haven't ever had the opportunity of meeting you. So you went to West Coast and uh, graduated when you were 22. Yes, sir. And then you did just like m uh, my son, Matt, uh, who is now the executive pastor of our church. You just came back to work with your father there in Tucson, Arizona. That's correct. Yeah, I always had a desire to work for my dad. Growing up, um, I just I always appreciated him and his spirit. And I said, I want to work for him one day. And I came back on staff and um, I started as an intern, and uh, during the summer there, I'd pull the weeds and clean the toilets and those types of things, and then just kind of progressed, and now I'm thankful, so thankful to work there full-time. I like uh, uh, Sam Brock said when he came back to work for his father at Ironwood Camp in Southern California, he said, when I came back, immediately, he said, I started working with for my father, and he said, I was immediately put as the head man. He said, I cleaned every toilet in Ironwood. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great so, spirit. Yeah, that is. It's a great, that's a great heart. Uh, it's so wonderful to watch uh, uh, a preacher's son go into ministry uh, from my perspective, because I, I think of so many preachers whose uh, uh, children aren't doing what God wants them to do, and it's great to know that your father 
love the Lord and you wanted to follow in his footsteps. So uh, when did you start serving in ministry? I mean, without being paid. Yeah, well, I guess kind of growing up, every Saturday night we'd be down in the church folding bulletins and getting ready to go. And, and that was just kind of part of life. We just, our ministry was our life, and, and I, I loved it. And so kind of growing up through there, we would do the bulletins and those types of things. But then when I was kind of in high school, um, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, I was really involved in our bus ministry at our church. And oh. I'd go down on during the weekdays and go clean out the buses and, and get them ready to go for Sunday. And then Saturday, we'd go on visitation. And so kind of growing up through high school, it was just every week I was involved in whether the bus ministry or the choir or teaching a bus class or it's just like I said, just kind of part of my life, and I love doing every everything that I could get my hands on. It was just a joy to do it. Well, that's great. You know, we have a motto in our family that ministry is life, mm-hmm. and life is ministry. And if you that's want right. to get a life, you need to get a ministry because that's what life is all about. The word ministry means to serve, and and so that's neat. It's it's really neat that that early on you were serving the Lord in the bus ministry. I can remember one time my son. Joshua came back from uh, camp. He was at, at the West Branch of the Bill Rice Ranch in Flagstaff, Arizona. And um, he came back and he said, Dad, I heard about this ministry. It's a real wonderful ministry. I said, what's that? He was 13 years old. I said, what's that? He said, the bus ministry. Have you ever heard of the bus ministry? <laughs> and I'd been in, in churches that had huge bus ministries, but frankly, our bus ministry has always been limited because we've just not had the room uh, to put the kids and so we and we had so many drive-in so much drive-in ministry so he said i want to start a bus ministry so so joshua at 13 years old i got recruited a man who would drive a bus actually raised money for a bus and started the bus ministry here at liberty baptist church so that is a great way that's a great testimony that you god's used you uh in in those areas reaching out and caring about people listen uh so in vocational ministry, you've been there for then the last six years. That's correct. Yes, sir. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your ministry. What do you do? So I have the privilege now to be the executive pastor and just kind of um, basically whatever my dad tells me to do, I do, right? And uh, But thankfully, I've been able to, over the last six years, kind of assume some responsibilities. And um, I, I say I go to YouTube University, and uh, my dad <laughs> said, hey, I need you to, to start a media ministry. And so we started doing that, and then... There's just been a lot of different things that he's kind of added to my plate. And um, but at the end of the day, I'm just there to serve and um, whatever I could do to assist our church. That's kind of what I do. One of my my spiritual gift is a gift of helps. And so my the way I find my fulfillment and doing what God's called me to do is just by serving those in our ministry, in our church, on the staff there. And so I'm so thankful to serve there. So that's a that's that's great. So you started a YouTube ministry? Yes, sir. YouTube, and then just social media. We had a little bit going on, and specifically live stream, and and that's just kind of been over the last six years. We've developed that and and continued with that. You have a YouTube channel? We do, Tucson Baptist Church, and uh, that's been our our kind of go getter. It's it's really interesting. We have a a great relationship with several pastors in Myanmar, and every year before the pandemic, we were going over to Myanmar investing into local pastors there and they all watch our services on youtube and facebook and they're like we want to model our church after your church and we're like well we understand that's a great appreciation we appreciate that but we want you to be like jesus and and do those things and and it's just been a great way to reach our community but also around the world and um it kind of it's it's eye-opening to make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing because 
our examples being literally broadcasted all around the world. So you can go on YouTube and you can put in Tucson Baptist Church and you can uh, see some of the work of of Tucson Baptist Church. What a wonderful thing. Let me ask you this. Do you ever find it difficult uh, to lead others who are older than you? That certainly presents some challenges. And I think going off of 1 Timothy 4, when we say, let no man despise thy youth, sometimes we come into ministry, specifically as younger, with a an idea that they don't want to follow us because we're young. But in that verse, it continues to say, be an example. And I believe that maybe the first six months to a year, I think that it, there may present some challenges. But if if I'm setting an example, then I believe people will follow because especially if it's an authentic relationship and you're being authentic by setting that example, people want to follow someone who's authentic and they want to follow someone who's real. And while it does present its challenges, I think that over time as you build rapport and trust with people, specifically in our church context, the more opportunities I had to speak and the more opportunities I had to to bring someone from our community, see them get saved, baptized, the church would say, wait a second, that's just a young kid, but but he's doing what's right. And I think that that kind of built rapport with the, the people specifically in our congregation, and it's added that trust. And, and, and maybe there's people now that say, well, he's still just a young whippersnapper. He doesn't know anything. That could be true, but I'm not going to position my ministry based on someone who isn't doing that because at the end of the day, God's called me to do what I'm doing. And I believe that setting up an example that leads to people wanting to follow you. I think that is so true. I, what, what I told you when we were off the air that when uh, we, my, my wife and I graduated from Liberty University, it used to be Liberty Baptist College, we, we came across country, started knocking on doors, knocked on doors for eight weeks, uh, 100 doors a day, uh, and we were 22 years old, 22 years old, and people said, how can you be starting a church? In fact, I can remember specifically back then dressing in a suit and a dark suit and a white shirt and and a dark tie I did that every day I walked out in 110 degree heat look because I wanted to look older than I was I wanted to look and my wife was walking back then it was 1977 we were walking uh, she was dressed to the hilt and we were going door to door people looked at us like we were just out of our minds and we probably were but we were out there to start a church and we wanted to dress and present ourselves in such a way that our actions, our demeanor, everything we did represented an older, more mature, stable uh, so, uh, uh, look, and it helped us. It really did. And, and starting the church for, for, several, for several years, we were the youngest couple in our church, and yet we were the, 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 uh, the senior pastor and his wife. And so uh, it's a, it is a challenge. It is a challenge, and yet... It's so uh, so important. Yeah, Paul says, let, not, let no man despise thy youth, but be an example. And he says, in what we say, in our word, in our conversation, in our lifestyle, in the way we love people, uh, in our spirit, our right attitude. And I can just tell, though we've just getting, getting to know each other, uh, that you've got that right heart attitude in faith, that is trusting God to do what he's going to do and knowing what we believe. And then impurity, so, so important in our culture today uh, that is that is not just de-emphasizing purity, but pro- promoting immorality. So I thank you for that. Thanks. Thanks for your being willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
let me ask you some other things. What uh, is some practical advice that you would share with somebody who's called to serve and yet they're just starting out? I think when that question's posed, it reminds me at when I was at the very beginning of ministry. And you see the guy on the stage and say, oh, that'd be awesome to be that one day. Or the guy leading the choir or someone singing in the choir. And But sometimes service is doing the menial tasks that no one wants to do. And if I were to give advice, I'd say serve with joy, no matter what the task is. And I think that if you have that attitude, it doesn't matter what you're doing, God's still allowing you to serve. And I'm, there's biblical principles there, too. If, if you're faithful in the little, God will give you much. But I believe that serving with a joyful attitude is something that, specifically in, in our generation today, that a lot of there's a lot of entitlement. Well, I, I need that position. I, I deserve that position. Well, at the end of the day, if I'm serving with joy where God has placed me, in whatever task it may be, in that position, I'm, I'm reaching people, I'm helping people, regardless of what I'm, whatever the task is, I'm still reaching people and I'm serving people. And at the end of the day, that's what God's called us to do with joy. Yeah, just having that servant's heart. Just, I mean, what a privilege it is to serve. I, I heard the story years ago of two angels that were standing in front of God, and God said to them, I'm, I'm, I've called you. And they were just thrilled to be able to be standing in front of God. And uh, the angel, one angel was told, you're to go down and you're to help this, um, this millionaire. And I want you to be with him. I want you to direct him. I want you to, he's living in a mansion, take care of him. You, yours is to watch him. The other one was to go and watch a man that was living in poverty and uh, in a horrible place. But both of them lit up and said, man, it's my opportunity to serve the master. I mean, they're not, they're doing different things. One looks lower than the other, but they're both servants of God. Just the privilege of serving is something that we need to understand. That's all, it's, it's all about life. Life has all sorts of transitions so that there's a time where you're starting, there's a time where you're ending, and there's that time in the middle where we're just enduring whatever, wherever God places us. That's a, it's a great thought that we just need to serve with joy. And I believe in, in, in the New Testament when the Bible talks about that the church is a bodily body fitly joined together. Everybody, it, we have our own specific areas that are so crucial to serving the body of Christ. And ultimately, we're serving Christ himself. But like we said, there's no task that's too small because that's what God's called us to do at that moment. And I think it's so crucial that in that moment we're serving with joy because it is important because we're part of the body of Christ. Oh, that's, that's great. Hey, if you were to go back to talk to yourself six years ago when you were just starting off, what's some advice you'd give to your younger self? I would say prioritize my relationship with the Lord. And the reason I say that is because in the New Testament, we obviously know the, the, the principle of sowing and reaping. And in 1 Timothy 4, when it talks about be thou an example in conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity, a lot of those are are attributes that are from within that are only that are only there by the relationship with, that we have with the Lord. And as and I love the I love spending time with the Lord, but sometimes in my earlier years I didn't prioritize it. Like, kind of like I think about my college education. If I could go back to college now, I'd be a lot more serious about the education because I'm like, <laughs> man, I can use that in today's ministry. Yeah. But specifically with my relationship with the Lord, I see that it's so important now because when I'm when I'm 
studying the Word of God, and when I had that relationship with God, the love, the joy, the peace, the fruits of the Spirit that I can't produce, I can't, I can't make them happen. They are from within. It, if I could go back and tell my younger self, I'd say, Jonathan, every single morning, spend time not just reading the Word of God, but communing with God and praying with Him. And because specifically, it's going to help those those fruits of the Spirit develop more. But then, in ministry, there's some even now there's some days where I feel like no one loves me, no one likes me, the devil's on my shoulder, and and those quiet times that I have with the Lord are so important. And that time I have with God is so crucial to my ministry now. He totally and, refreshes us when we are with Him. Oh, there's man. and there's such a there's such a um, a pool not to spend time this morning with God. Exactly. I mean, there's there's so many things I have to get done. I wake up and the and it's like, and they're all ministry things. I mean, they're if you're involved in ministry, they're ministry things. I I you know I I've got to. I gotta look at Facebook. <laughs> there are ministry things like you gotta I gotta check up on people. I, I gotta eat. I gotta. I gotta take care of my kid. And, and and young, when you're young, it's all these kids. I years ago decided I had to get up early because by eight o'clock in the morning for a pastor, you're busy now until nine o'clock at night. And if you don't get up early and spend time with God, you're not going to. So that's what you would tell your younger self. And that's that's so that's so true. That's so important. We we oftentimes. Uh, while we're young, while we're studying for ministry, uh, are are so quick to want to get out there and do something that we're that we're missing the the study time and, and the time alone with God. I can remember this. My mentor was a man named Sumner Wimp, who was a great great soul winner. Uh, his roommate in at the Dallas Theological Seminary was a guy named Charles Ryrie. You ever heard of Charles Ryrie? Sure have. So. Uh, he he was friends with him throughout their entire lives, and um, uh, my uh, he said he he went to a conference one day, uh, and Charles Ryrie was was speaking, and he said uh, he, after the after Charles had spoke he walked up he said hey Rumi where did you he- learn that man that was amazing. He said, I was sitting in the same class you were sitting in, <laughs> where I heard the same thing. And he said, well, uh, it's so important that we, while we're young, just grab as much truth as we can because the, the time comes when when um, things are just coming at a, a much greater pace. Well, thank you for that. I'm an older preacher. Not old, but right. older. Absolutely. Okay, so... Uh, uh, What's the best thing that you would say to a, a seasoned pastor that he could do to help a younger pastor? What what uh, uh, to encourage younger preachers? I'm in that uh, position now, and so so as a as a younger preacher, you'd say, "Hey, man, this would really be a great encouragement to me." I think it'd be different per person, just what our needs are. But um, I think just a uh, in investing, taking some time and investing into younger pastors is so crucial. One of the things that I've realized um, at our staff is we have a unique staff. We have a lot of younger younger staff members, and then we have several older staff members as well. And the younger staff members, we're just, we, we really want investment. And that's just time of, hey, here's, it, kind of going back to college, it's just practical education. And, and, and I know for an older pastor to speak into a younger pastor really means the world of difference. And um, through some counsel I've got, I've, y- y- there's, uh, I've got the counsel to have like a life coach or someone to speak into you. And, and for me, I've been able to go seek out several older pastors in Tucson and meet with them every other month or every few months. 
and they're just speaking words of encouragement into me. And because there are days where it's discouraging, and I'm sure that you were here in Las Vegas as a 22-year-old, there were days that you were very discouraged, but having an older pastor speak life into you and just say, hey, I'm so thankful for what you're doing, and just words of encouragement go a long way, because there's, as a young pastor, I look back to my college class, and there was probably 150, 200 students that graduated, and now I look at where they're serving, and every single month, every single year, there's fewer and fewer graduates of my college, my Bible college class that are still in ministry, and and the darker the night, the brighter the light, but a lot of times that discouragement and the darkness, people are just saying, I, I just can't do it anymore, and there's various reasons people are obviously leaving the ministry, but um, this is my life, this is, this is what I want to do with my life, and when there's encouragement from the seasoned pastors, it's encouragement just looking at your ministry and just by your life, but then those words of encouragement go such a long way of just saying, you know what, I'm going to stick in this. This is a dark season right now, but I'm doing it for God's glory, and, and because of the encouragement of what you've given me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue through this dark season. That's great. You know, when we were just starting out, we, were, we moved 2,300 miles away from the college where, where I was, but I had, I had several things that God just allowed me to do. I, I didn't, wasn't thinking. I thought, I just need this, but I had, a, uh, I had two professors, one named, uh, his name is Woodrow Kroll, uh, he uh, later became the director of Back to the Bible broadcast and uh, uh, has been used tremendously, but he was used tremendously in my life. He said, you can call me anytime, any questions you have about anything. Another, another professor of mine named was Dan Mitchell. Dan was a, just uh, was said anytime. He had helped plant a church in Texas before he'd come to, to Las Vegas, and uh, he taught uh, our uh Bible classes, and he said, anytime that you have any questions, he gave me permission to call him. Hmm. And so I, I did that. I had those two guys that, that, that I knew. I didn't know m- many other people. I mean, there was Jerry Falwell, but Jerry Falwell, you, you couldn't get in touch with him for anything in the world. Right. Uh, uh, and, um, and there were other, there were, and there was my pastor in North Carolina while I was working in, in, well, I was going to school in Lynchburg. I was helping plant a church in Burlington, North Carolina, and took two years of great intensive training from him. I mean, he just helped me with things like, uh, you need to comb your hair. You need to stop <laughs> sleeping in your suits. Uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> you, need, uh, you need to, don't do that, don't do that. And it was just, he was a great, great uh, help to me personally in becoming a man uh, because my dad had died when I was, 10 years old and he just helped me and said you don't do this you don't do that when you're going out with businessmen don't order milk uh, you know that type of thing those kind of th- things which sound very uh macho but but he really helped me to develop uh some uh qualities just as a man and then as a man of god so uh, yeah having those kind of mentors another thing that that happened out here was uh i thought i need i need older men just to tell me what to do. And my sixth grade teacher had was an old guy when I was in the sixth grade. Now I'm graduated from college and I'm so it's like twelve years later, but I'm still in touch with him. And he came to our very first service and he said he just talked to me as an old guy to a young guy. Uh, we rented a a warehouse building from an old guy named Pat Gassaway. And Pat 
was a businessman in town, had all sorts of connections, and he was very wealthy and well-to-do, though he never gave, as far as I know, a nickel to us. He let us use his warehouse building, and I got to be friends with him. Whenever I had a business decision, I would go to him. I can remember Pat saying to me one day, I said, I said, Pat, I've got a decision to make about this, and I, and I told him my entire business situation. He said, well, if I was you, I would... And then he stopped. He said, no, you can't do that. That's unethical. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> and so, But I had this old guy, another guy, old guy, he was in his 80s. His name was Bill Howard, and he was a Christian man, didn't come to our church. and uh, But he was a millionaire, and he just, he liked my wife and I and helped uh, us just by telling us about things that were in the community and how old people looked at what I was doing and you ought not do that. And he would say things, he would say very crude things to me and I would just listen to him. So listening to older people is a great, great, uh, asset. And, and, uh, as a, as an older, older, not old guy now, I, I, I uh, I just, we, we I want to know what we can do to be a help. So, so, so all of this is sort of based on first Timothy chapter four, which we've talked about, uh, and uh, becoming what God wants us to be. Uh, have you got any just thoughts that you want to just give to uh, people that are your age when it comes to ministry and how to respond and how you can be effective uh, in ministry as we get ready to close out here? Well, as we close, there's just so many, there's so many practical things in First Timothy 4 that, that we can apply, but specifically when it talks about in conversation, and that we obviously know that's not just talking about the words that we say, but it's the way that we live our life. And growing up in ministry, there's a proverbial glass bowl in ministry. Everybody can, everybody criticizes what the kids do, and 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 that was just kind of part of life. But now that I'm in ministry, I really have to evaluate what am I doing, and is it helping the gospel, the cause of Christ, or can it be perceived that it's hurting the cause of Christ? And so, just I mean, we have three beautiful daughters now. And my wife and I, there have just been some decisions that we've made that say, hey, we just need to make sure that we're, we're, whatever we're doing, not just things that we're saying, but the things that we're being a part of, are making sure that it's affecting and aiding our ministry. And, and out of that, I think people have seen into our life, because it, it talks about being an example, and that, that's something that we have decided, that there's just some practical things that we're not going to do so that it aids in our ministry. Even if you think it's okay. There's nothing exactly. wrong with this, but exactly. I'm not going to do this because I don't want to hinder my ability to minister somebody. That's exactly correct, yes, sir. And I believe in doing so, it's aided our our example to the believers and the unbelievers in, in Tucson. Yeah, wow. There's a whole lot of difference between our rights and our responsibilities, isn't there? That's exactly correct. And uh, so, man, that's really good. Well, Jonathan, I am so glad that uh, we've had the opportunity to have you on Tice Talks, and uh, I am uh, thankful for your ministry. I feel like like we have sister ministries. I mean, you're you're in 110. In fact, <laughs> when it's 110 That's here, correct. it's probably 115 down there. It's nice and warm. And, yeah. And so, uh, uh, so and, you, and and you're in the Southwest, and you you've got a lot of the same issues that we have. And so it's so great to get to to know you, and so thankful for your ministry. I've been talking here today to Jonathan Armstrong, who is the executive pastor at Tucson Baptist Church. You can view their church online uh, at, on YouTube at uh, Tucson Baptist Church and uh, just uh, allow yourself to grow in that ministry. We're so thankful for their sister ministry 
And I want to invite you to listen in next time when we're going to be interviewing Jonathan and his wife and talking about Tiny Tots and the ministry. And so I hope you'll tune in for that. Remember, this is Tice Talks, and it's more than a conversation.